Okay, Coach. Yeah. Here we go. We're live on the art of self-change. I love that name. Love it. Love it. And uh, last episode, now we're doing a batch recording because my sister is going to be in town next week. And i um, so excited. And uh, so I wanted to give people some things that could spark hope and, you know, help them out. Because people are just stressed and they're mad and, you know, it's just life has been a little rough for some. And so I thought it'd be, you know, good to really dive into some topics to help them with that. Uh, so the last episode was on simplicity. So make sure you hear that because it could even be a base episode or a context for what we're about to dive into. But this one's going to be along the same lines. But I'm going to introduce myself first, Coach. Okay. Okay, so here's what I do. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I bring insight and wisdom that enables others to live their hell yeah life. What do you think? <laughs> that sounds great to me. <laughs> With the utmost excellence and service that I can deliver. I, um, Whenever you were uh, ordering that microphone, I thought, I'm going to bring up my brand questionnaire thing that I, I've been doing this course. And I was like, I like that statement. I'm going to use that for my introduction. But I forgot my name. So my name is Sherry Wilson, owner of Genius Communication. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited, Coach. I forgot about that part. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Coach, no, hit it. Yeah, so changing people. So call me Dr. Greg McNeil in this episode, and I'm a hunter. I'm a hunter for knowledge, and I'm a seeker for the kinds of truths that support everyone on the planet, mm-hmm. you know, because this is really what we're looking for, right? It's like, how do we calm down? How do we keep our lives simple? Well, we have to hunt for that. We have to find a way. And once we find that, not to let go. Coach, I like that because, you know, when I uh, mentor people, one of the things I tell them is you have to find what works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, there are laws and principles that we talk about, but how you execute them might look different. You know, like one lady, it was funny you know, how people will call us up for a specific thing, but we actually end up going maybe in different directions that are actually the root of the problem. Yeah. And she had contacted me about fulfilling her goals. And one of the goals that she had was being a morning person. And I said, well, do you want to be a morning person? Oh, I don't know. And I said, well, that would be the first question to ask, because if you don't want to be a morning person, person, you will never be a morning person. So you either need a spark desire or don't be a morning person and just settle into that and figure out how else to live your life. Right. And, uh, <laughs> so anyway, she, she, asked, you know, what are you doing in the morning? And I'm like, well, and of course I've been very proud of my getting up at five, you know? So I told her like my routine and, mm-hmm. um, she said, Oh no, I do not want to get up at five. And I said, then you don't need to get up at five, but it is, it's like, you got to figure out what your life, like what you want it to look like, but don't adopt other people's stuff, execute the principles, but make it where it works for you. Yes. Because, um, comparison is the thief of joy. We've heard it. Right. So, and I was dealing with this just yesterday with the client and, um, we kind of went round and around because in, in yesterday I had to keep pointing out to him that he 
kept externalizing his life, right? But he didn't realize he was doing it because it was a habit, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And he's been doing really good. We've been working with each other now for almost a year. He was active duty member. Then he retired, got out. So we still work together. Yeah. Okay. He's doing great things, but he hit a situation. And just like that, Mm. right, just like that, he was, he was looking backwards and he didn't realize that the language that was coming out of his mouth, right, was reducing his effectiveness because he kept trying to compare it to something um, that he can't compare his life to. Can you real quick, before we get in the topic, talk about, um, cause I know we've talked about it before, but just to remind the listeners what it means to externalize. Cause that was a big revelation when you talked about that on one of our early podcasts. Yeah. So when we externalize, what we're basically doing is we project our life onto someone else's. Or we try to somehow or another vicariously connect our lives to their life in a form of a comparison. Somebody, they got a new car, they got a new job. It doesn't really matter what it is. But instead of saying, this is who I am, I can do the best that I can. Now what we're saying is who I am as a person, right, is being determined by my view of something outside of me, yeah. how somebody else looks, how they think, how they dress, how much money we think they have, right? Mm-hmm. We are externalizing everything. We're comparing our lives to something that really has nothing to do with us. And we don't have the ability to see what we're actually looking at. That's why it's a projection. Mm-hmm. Right? And then can it also include where you externalize a process as a way to avoid dealing with your own stuff on the inside, your own thinking, and also deflection, blaming, this is happening to me because of someone else. Could that also be a form of externalizing? It is absolutely a form of it. Absolutely it is. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Okay. Yes, ma'am. All right. I kind of feel weird because I've picked the two topics. I think the last, like, I don't know, 20 podcasts, you've picked the topics. Don't bother me one bit. Because <laughs> I'd be like, I got nothing, coach. What are we talking about? <laughs> okay. So I wanted to talk about intellectual wellness. And like I was telling you in the pre-show combo, that I was curious what people are searching on Google when it comes to wellness, you know, because like a lot of times when we think of wellness, we think of, um, you know, our diet, um, you know, stretches and, you know, physical fitness things. We might even think about making sure we have rest times and recreation times and things like that. And I say that word on purpose as recreation, because that's what recreation is. Um, But I was surprised to see the topic of intellectual wellness. So let me, I copied and pasted what that is because I love intellectual pursuits. Like I am such a nerd. And um, so it says uh, today, the definition of wellness means more than just staying physically fit. Americans are increasingly focused on intellectual wellness. The evolving definition of wellness is bringing more attention to the importance of intellectual well-being as part of a holistic routine. 
More than a quarter of Americans ranked intellectual wellness within the top three most important dimensions of wellness. Almost half of them reported that intelligence inspires confidence. To engage in this dimension of wellness, 50% of Americans say they spend time on creativity and stimulating activities. Intellectual wellness encourages one to explore new concepts, enhance skills, and challenge the mind through continuous learning. Fun ways to exercise this dimension of wellness include mentally stimulating activities such as pottery, taking a class to learn a new instrument, and painting. And then it has some things for like kids. So when I thought, like when I read that, I immediately was like, ooh, 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 I want to talk about this with Coach. Okay, so first, I have to say this is something that I did naturally and have done naturally my whole life. Um, I remember loving learning in school. I was definitely, Mm -hmm. you know, the teacher's pet. I mean, not only did I want to learn new things, I wanted to excel and have the best grades possible. Um, So, you know, that resulted in lots of, you know, AP classes and things like that. Um, Outside of school, I love learning new things. I always have a curiosity and so like when I ask people, well, why or how does that work? Or so, it's a genuine curiosity. It's not like a, I'm trying to argue because you'll know if I'm arguing because I'll let you know. I think it's dumb. So, you know, right. Um, right. but like even now I'm learning to play guitar. Uh, I like to um, like look at like art and you know, like new things I've never seen. Um, I remember years ago when the internet first, you know, I mean, I, I, we both lived in the days pre-internet, right, coach? I mean, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're definitely telling our age, that's for sure. But I remember when the internet first came out, remember you had to hook up with those modems and it was all, you know? Yes. And I found, yes. <laughs> I found a website that showed ancient Rome. And it was so neat. You could like walk down streets and just look at, you know, so I love history, things like that. That What happens, and, you know, people might be thinking, I don't have time for that. You need to make time for stuff like this because people need hope. We're living in a time that feels pressured. And science shows us that when you learn new things, it sparks hope because your brain's like, oh, we have something to live for because we're learning new things. And so mm-hmm. intellectual wellness is a piece I feel people can add to their life, even if it's just a few moments. Like my guitar lesson, I have an app. I sit down for about maybe 10 minutes. I practice twice a week. That's all it takes. And I'm a busy person. You're a busy person. We make mm-hmm. time for those pursuits. So coach, what do you think about that? Do you think that's a good idea for people? And can you tell us what happens to the brain maybe or how it helps us emotionally? So one of the things that we know that happens is anything that you do that stimulates your brain, anything that brings good feeling to the body is something that's healing the body. Oh. So one of the things that the, so this is why the the, the information from the geneticists uh, out of MIT was so important when they discovered it was like, look, This is what you're actually able to do to your DNA in this process. Well, what they're telling you is is that you're thinking directly 
affects your health, mm. right? More than anything else, right? You, if you really want to pursue physical health, you would literally, in this model, start up top. Mm. Because your nervous system is going to set the stage for everything else. You got something going on in your body, you want to change it? You don't change it through the body first, you change it through the thinking first. Now, coach, I want to make sure people hear that. Yeah. Top So that's exactly right. As above, so below. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. So that's not just an expression. That's a law and that's a science. Whatever's happening up here in the brain is happening in the body. That's Whatever's happening in the body happens in the mind first. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's step one, right? The other thing is, I don't want people to miss out on um, something that's implied in what you said. You practice your guitar twice a week, 10 minutes, or however long you want to practice. What they may not hear is, one, a desire, and two, a boundary. Oh, Both of those are intellectual pieces. That's good, Coach. Okay, keep going. Yes, ma'am. They're part of that intellectual... um, freedom exercise that you're talking about, right? Because the first thing is the desire because the desire is going to tell you what you're getting ready to pursue, right? Yes. Okay. The boundary is going to tell you how much you value the activity that you're pursuing so that you can make time to engage in it. Hmm. You know, I read, uh, and we might have talked about this on one of the podcasts, I'm not sure, but I read about how, uh, and I teach my mentoring clients this, setting boundaries actually is a relief for your brain because if if it feels like something's going to take too long or be too much effort, it'll start resisting you. But if you set a boundary, so it's kind of like the intentional interrupt, you know, that at this time, this day, I'm going Mm -hmm. to do this activity for this long. Mm -hmm. And even if it's like starting really, really small, like five minutes or so, you know, and then giving yourself grace, if you have a day where maybe you're just particularly busy and you've not been able to get to it, that that's okay occasionally, but you definitely want to have that boundary because in your brain it's like, okay, yeah, I can do that. That's, that's something that we can definitely do. Yes. And It's really important, you know, like, you know, the boundary is not just about can you say no when you need to say no, but in line with what we're talking about right Mm -hmm. now, how do you achieve intellectual wellness unless you create a framework to, to achieve it? The boundary is a part of the framework to achieve whatever that goal is. Hmm. Right. I mean, I don't have to mention it because I already know as I get closer to whatever, um, let's say here, I know I'm, I'm hunting in October. I have school in September. Right. And I can say I have all of these things that I have that are going to be required of me. Yeah. But I don't have to get upset or anxious about it. I just sit here, right? Because I already know how I'm going to pursue them. And it's literally going to go just like that, right? But everything that I'm going to do is going to be focused on is wellness. 
right? Is it intellectual wellness? Of course it is. It's psychological, it's emotional, it's physical wellness, right? Mm -hmm. It is really um, a much more connected and integrated piece for me. But the bottom line is, it's like it's going to start with the desire of what it is that you want to pursue. You got to make sure that you want that. And then when you're pursuing that, then you set up a structure by way uh, that allows you to be able to do it. And you're a perfect example because as busy as you are, if you didn't put that structure in place, your life is overrun with clients. It is. Right. Because they're not going to stop calling you because you provide a solution for them. Right. So they're encouraged to call you. So amongst or in the midst of everything else that you do in the work that you your service to other people, your husband, your children, your dogs, your businesses, your your um, the people that you serve, all of that. Oh, Mr. Joseph. No, no, no. <laughs> he takes his time. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Joseph takes his time. I started an Instagram page for him because I've got so many pictures and videos. I'm like, I'm going to share him with the world. And I have been having so much fun. Yeah. He's like, no, I don't deal with all of that stuff. That's a human thing. I want to see you right now, mom. I'm going to stay here at the door. Yep, yep. Until you open it. Right. Well, guess what? That too is an example of what we're talking about. He knows one thing, you're in that room, I need to get with you so we can have a conversation. And he's going to stay right there until you open the door. And then yep. he'll go to the next thing. Well, this is exactly what we're saying to, to people, right? It's, it's not complicated. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's, the, that's the other piece if we're talking about the intellectual wellness. Keep it simple. Coach, right there. You know, real quick, the other day I was, you know, my gym is in my garage and uh, I had to lay down on the bench and I was doing um, hamstring curls and he decided that he wanted to participate. So he gets right up on the bench and I'm literally having to lay with my head to the side because he's like right there. And Did he move? Mm-mm. No. Nope, he sure didn't. <laughs> but OK, so when you were talking, coach, something came to my mind when I was raising Kent, I learned that curiosity and play is very important for a child in their maturity, using their imagination, like their play is their work. And then it's like we become adults and we lose that idea of how important curiosity and play is. That's interesting because if you listen to Andrew Carnegie, right? I love him. Yep. You know, Andrew Carnegie was real clear about that. He was like, wait a minute. If your work is not your play, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong thing. Right. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's exactly right. So why are you pursuing whatever it is that you're doing? Right. Because you set yourself up again. When we say to people, words matter. What we're saying is the your word use is describing your reality. I don't have time. Things keep working out badly for me. I can never find the right partner, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, when they start doing it, I'm like, time out. You need to stop saying that because every time you say it, you reinforce it, right? Yes. And again, so we're saying this again. We tell the client. We work with principles. We work with things that can be proven, right? We're not talking about some science that just pops up 
you know, that we just heard about. And then a couple of years from now, it disappeared because it's not true. No, we're not going to bring that information to your hearing, right? Because it's not valid. Yeah. So since we invest in making sure that we bring valid, credible information, then we're saying, guess what? Now, when you hear it, you have to understand what you're going to do with that, because that, again, is the price of your wellness. The price of your wellness is activity. The price of your happiness is activity. The price of your simplicity in life is directed activity, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing that, you're going to start to feel better. Okay. And each time you do it, you feel better and better. Um, and when we don't, we get the other symptoms. I mean, literally, when we're not doing what we love, we're symptomatic. Yeah. So in the simplicity of it, I want to like share a couple things of how simple it can be. Uh, two stories. So I have a family member that I was telling you in the pre-show combo, combo, mm-hmm. convo. Mm-hmm with a V, uh, that she learned in the course of, um, some, uh, things that she was learning that she loved like architecture and music and things like that. But as a child, you know, that, that was something that she wasn't encouraged to pursue. And so one of the things that she decided to do was to start pursuing those things again. And it could be something as simple as, listening to a magnificent piece of music. Um, she loved like architecture and studying buildings and different styles and stuff. And so, uh, I was telling her, I was like, absolutely like get a, get a book of just beautiful architecture. And like, that's what I like to do when I go into museums with, you know, like pieces or art and I will study like every detail, like everybody else are kind of like, you know, walking through and I'm like, no, 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 no. Hang on. I want to, I want to look at this close up. Another um, thought that came to my mind is I had an 18 year old, I think he might have graduated um, last week, but he, he wanted another morning routine, which I thought was funny because, you know, I didn't even have my morning routine the way I wanted it yet, but he came to me and I had just started, you know, getting up earlier. And uh, I said, well, one of the things that I might suggest is when you go to bed at night, uh, because he would find himself on his phone, you know. And I told him, I said, you know, your phone will still minutes, hours from you if you're not careful. It's like your brain loses tracking of time. Mm-hmm. So I said, what I would do is I would put your phone either in another room or in an area where you literally have to get out of bed and go get it because that light on that phone actually tricks your brain and it's hard to go to sleep. I said, then can you think of something that you absolutely loved doing as a kid? And he said, yes. He said, I had this picture book and I still have it, uh, that I would just open it up and look at every single detail. And I don't remember if it was like pieces of art or if it was animals or whatever it was, he loved it. And I said, dig that out, get that book, get in bed with that book, and spend however much time you want and just look at those pictures because it'll spark creativity. It'll spark rest. You'll feel very relaxed. He started doing that and it just completely turned around his morning 
his night routine so he could achieve his morning goals. That's how simple it can be. Getting you a book and literally just looking at something that sparks joy and peace and creativity, that's an aspect of intellectual wellness. It is. But listen to what we're talking about, though. The wellness comes after the action. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's like, it's like, hey, look, do this and then reap the benefit, right? Yes. And this is what we're saying, right? It's like they can't stay in the world of ideas. It has to come down into the body so we can manifest something. And so uh, in sticking with what we've been talking about today in both lessons, really, right? Um, intellectual wellness, when you think about that, that has to be a, a, a very intentional process. Yeah. Right? Because we're saying everything then is going to stem from that. Yeah. Your health, your relationships, uh, decision-making when it comes to important matters in your life. It, it, you know, you, you pick one. They're all going to start here, right? But there is an action, right? It's like, it's like, well, this would sound good. Yeah, it does. So does everything else. The difference between whether or not if something works is the action we take. And right? you have to know that the momentum of past habits will try to fight you even on something as simple as that. Oh, it's going to. You don't have to. The habit is a winning deal. So I hate to say this, but if, if you were going to bet on somebody, bet on the habit. Yes, absolutely. Because we... Because we know that that habit has been so ingrained that until we can raise it to the point where the person can see it, right? Yeah. They're not changing it, right? And don't have, externalize habit either, huh, coach? Habit is your no, thoughts. That's exactly right. It's like, no, it's nobody else. Don't blame anybody else. We got to stop that, right? It's like, so that I don't care what it is they want to pursue, they can pursue whatever they want, right? That's They have the freedom to do that. But you still have to take an action because everything that we do is going to be a result of our thinking process. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And then like when I think about you learning to hunt, you had several obstacles you had to overcome. And so even some pursuits may require of you overcoming obstacles, overcoming mindsets, and sticking with it, depending on what you're pursuing, too. Yeah, it is. I mean, and, you know, for the listener, um, I had to learn how to shoot on the non-dominant side. Yeah. So I'm around hunters has been hunting some of these people. They've been with their guns since eight years of age. I show up on the scene and they're like, <laughs> they're scratching their head, Right. Because when they realized what was happening, they were like, well, I never had to shoot with the opposite eye. So I had frustration. I, I had some days where I was a point of tears. And I was like, man, what did I have, though? I had a desire, right? Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted that. Yeah. The universe says, okay, well, you can have it. What are you going to do about it? So if I don't pursue it, right, yes. it's nobody else's fault. There could have been other people out there say, yeah, I understand, but you still don't have the experience. You just have a conversation. 
I didn't want a conversation. I wanted an experience. I said, so what do I need to do? Then I said, well, you know, a few choice words. I'm going to learn how to do this thing, right? And now here I am, right? But that road is a lot longer than the conversation that we're talking about. Yeah. You know, for some people, having conversations in the world of ideas and theories is actually, it feels to them like something that's real. You know it? Because you've got those theorists that they just love discussing ideas and things like that. And that for them could be an intellectual pursuit, I guess. But what you're saying is you better put money where your mouth is. That's exactly right. Because after a while, you can get tired of anybody talking. (laughs) It's like, because after a while, you know what? This is what happens with words. Words, using words are like walking on a plank. At some point, you're going to have to jump. Because what do all those words mean? If words do not relate to direct action, it's just useless speech. You, it's like a dog barking outside and somebody's like, whose damn dog is that barking? Because after a while, it's just noisy, right? It's kind of like, who wants to listen to somebody with great ideas and they don't take action on it? I don't know. People pay tens of thousands of dollars, Coach, to listen to people talk in classrooms that have never experienced a darn thing. Bam. True. If they want to pay that now, I'll take the money. (laughs) I'm going to try to teach them something, but I can't make them drink in the knowledge, right? But I talk to them all day long. I remember when I was 19 and... I was in college and I was taking a business course and I was sitting there because my dad was a, a business owner. He had several of them and my grandpa, I'm like, has this guy ever had a business? You know what, what he, what he's talking about? I don't, yeah, that ain't going to work. You know, like, I don't know that doesn't translate into the real world. So what you're saying is your words better be translating into the real world in a way that serves you. It, it is. It has to be because that's what life is, right? If you notice um, if you notice, words produce change in the environment. The power of intention, right? We see it all around us. People think they see structures. They really do. Mm-hmm. And this one, you know, they're disconnected. They drive around and they say they see cities, towns, and stuff like that. They, that's not what they're looking at. Mm-mm. They're looking at thoughts manifested. Yes. Period. That's where they need to pay attention to because at first it was just flat ground, right? Somebody walked out here and then they looked and it was flat and they looked around and somebody says, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And they stayed on that idea. And now you have a community, you have a town, but everything we see first is an idea that was put into play. That's good. I think that's a good place to end, Coach. All right, then. All right, I'm going to do my applause again, just in case. Okay, you ready? I'm listening. Oh. Did you hear it? No. <laughs> well, we'll see if it comes out on the, the podcast. Well, I, we'll keep we'll, we'll, We'll keep working with that then, right? We'll keep working with that. I think it might um, be because I see the sound wave. So I, I think it is on the podcast. But before we go, I want to encourage people to review, like mm-hmm. us, review, share this. And then info is in the show notes. So if you uh, will be uh, deciding on a, another coaching intensive probably for 2022, coach has a lot of things going on. So we're just waiting until 
He mm-hmm. settles. Plus summer, you know, people are traveling and stuff. And then um, if you need to contact us, you have any ideas you need, or if you want to become a client, all that information is in the show notes. So please review, um, check that out, check out our websites. And I don't have anything else, Coach. I just want to say that we got a chance to uh, test our technology today, and I'm really encouraged Right. I'm really encouraged that it's working very well. And for the listeners uh, and former clients, I'm happy because my next step is really all about acquiring more knowledge, more tools that we put into play that becomes a benefit for those we serve. Yes. And I'm 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 grateful that we can keep that link together and just keep educating and working and serving with our clients in the future. That just makes me feel really, really good. Yeah, because we've got work we've started, work we want to do, and it's going to require technology. And I'm with you. I'm very pleased. I can hear the sound very clearly. And even with our intensives, making sure we have the things we need to continue those on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, I can see that right now. So, I know we're going to talk about this off air more, but it was great. And to the listeners, it's like, thank you all. Uh, but you should stay with us because we got some great things for you here in the future. I agree. Yes, ma'am. All right, coach. <laughs>